Just like that, the second hour is here. The Monday edition of Hot Mike with Under with Row across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. Join chat in the chat right along now. Here. That's right. I'm already yeah. one hour down. Yeah. The Outkick Love store it. is back just in time for it the is. holidays. We've got so much going on. That's right. Outkick store. It's playing on a new field. That's right. New Outkick store just launched, and to celebrate, we're offering a buy one, get one 50% off deal for a limited time. You can find our favorite polos, t-shirts, and more when you visit shop.outkick.com and score 50% off. All you've got to do, visit shop.outkick.com and add those items to your cart. Discount will automatically be applied. Chad will even fold the shirt for you. He's a master folder. I am. I need to do a tutorial one day on the show. Once I get my folding board back, I may just go run out to the the Polo Ralph Lauren outlet. Lauren. And make sure Love I it. get the folding board and I can do a tutorial. We can get one of the shirts out here in the Old Smoky gift shop, and I can fold for you guys. <laughs> Show you how it's done. Well, they have a folding board I, here. I'm a better folder than the college football playoff committee is pickers of what's fair, right, and honest. I can tell you that. So we've got the matchups. Uh, Michigan takes on Bama, and it's – Texas and Washington in the college football playoff. What's interesting is comparing the computer model, BCS, to what the committee did. Bama gets in in both top fours. They're in. Texas is uh, the one that's left on the outside looking in, according to the BCS. They have Florida State in, though. Florida State's in. Florida State's in. Texas is not. Both the committee and the BCF ha- has Georgia six. They both have Ohio State seven. They both have Oregon eight. They have Missouri and Penn State either nine or ten in some fashion. Ole Miss is 11 in both polls. Oklahoma's 12. LSU's 13. I mean, to me, there, there had to be some analytical, uh, some algorithm they're going by to have it match up this close to what it was. Really, the only discrepancy is Texas. And Texas is going to get in even if Georgia won the SEC title based on the way that the committee's telling things stacked up because Texas is at three. But the three can be a, be a four because they don't want to have the automatic rematch between Texas and Alabama until the potential national championship game. So that's why you see that the way it was. I, I really think they just wanted to find any way to get both Texas and Alabama in in those brands, and they knew to do that to not have another battle on their hands. They needed Texas at three and Alabama one spot behind them because of the head-to-head issue they had with Texas winning at Alabama, did not want to put Texas behind Alabama in that situation. And I think that the committee found a way to do that, and in doing so, they screwed over a 13-0 Power 5 champion uh, that won some big games throughout the year. And and I'll say this, too, for the the Dan Mullen argument, who is great – on the, that college football selection show, by the way, when he went after Trevor Maddich on air with that and, and laid everything out very logically. I'm not convinced that, and I love Washington, but I'm not convinced that Florida State with Tate Rodemaker, who, by the way, will be back, would have been back for the, the, the playoff. I'm not convinced they don't give Washington a really good game, and that's very compelling. If my scenario was laid out and it's Florida State at three, Washington two in that game, right, and then Texas at four, taking on Michigan at number one, we saw Washington, and again, we can do this with every team, right? We saw Washington have to survive on a last-second field goal against Washington State to win the Apple Cup. We saw them survive on a 96-yard pick six to beat lowly Arizona State. We saw them struggle with Stan. 
if that Washington team shows up, Florida State's got a great shot to play for a national championship if that game happens. I'm not just writing them off because they have a backup quarterback. Oh, by the way, that backup quarterback has another month to get ready with the team for that game, and they've got a defense that just put up a historic effort in the ACC championship game. Coach Mullen laid out minus 23 yards in the fourth quarter is what they gave up. Held Jeff Brom's Louisville team to under 200 yards of offense for a Jeff Brom coach team. It's the first time in five years. Uh, held LSU and Jaden Daniels, the likely Heisman Trophy winner, to his lowest output of the year. Held him to over 100 yards less rushing than Alabama did when LSU went to Tuscaloosa also, mind you. So I, I just... You know, we can we can do this round and round with everyone and really nitpick everyone's resume, but 13 and 0 conference champion should have won out. Hudden, going back to before the season, because now there's a lot of people looking at it saying, well, you know, why even play the games? Because this is kind of what people thought to start the year. And they're they're picking favorites based on what they think of each roster at the end of the year. Yeah. When Florida State beat LSU. When that game happened, I remember in the preseason, by the way, this football season has flown by. feels like three weeks ago we had this discussion. It does. But we said, look, Florida State's got a great shot if they win this game. To get to the playoffs. They may win out. Now, it looked better after Clemson lost to Duke in that first week, too, knowing they had a trip to Clemson, which was a very tough game for them also. And Clemson's not bad. Clemson's not great either, but they, they have a lot of talent. Very inconsistent. Winning at Clemson is not easy. Right. People want to say, well, Clemson's, winning at Clemson is never going to be it's easy. like winning in Tuscaloosa. For an ACC team, a- absolutely. So I-, I just think even in that game when it happened, I'm thinking the winner of this game may have an inside track to the college football playoff, whether it be LSU or Florida State. And Florida State dominated that game. They won by three touchdowns against LSU that night. Yep. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking around college football and the discussion, I mean, the two primary talking points throughout the season, it was Dion in Colorado or it ended up being Harbaugh in Michigan. But Chad, you, you mentioned something last night that, you know what this has done? This has possibly made me root for the Michigan Wolverines to win it based on the disdain that college football, that the NCAA has for that program currently, for that coach currently. But yet they're number one in the country and... They've done a disservice to a team that, by all accounts, has done it the right way, albeit they're having to go about it the way they don't want to without Jordan Travis at quarterback in Florida State. They're left out. Michigan, meanwhile, I mean, you could say they're being punished by not having to play Florida State. We won't know that. They get Bama instead. They'll have to prove it there and then prove it in the title game. But if they win back-to-back games, they're your national champion and then eventually the NCAA will remove a banner or remove a, a you know a championship flag in the stadium, but it'll all be said and done that they had to go through Bama and potentially go through Texas to win it all. I'm really torn here uh, in terms of, of rooting interest because since this scandal started, I've been waiting for anyone to do the Lord's work and knock Michigan out of the playoff, and they, they just continue to win. Michigan is a winning football program, and they continue to find ways to win. And this time, we don't think it involves any Connor Stallions-related hijinks that's helped them win in this instance. So uh, I I look at this, and this is not me being anti-Bama, because I have no issue with this Bama team or Jalen Milrow or or anyone there. But Hutton, I'm just predicting all of the BS I'm going to hear across social media. The moment Alabama beats Michigan – 
And then, oh, you still think Florida State should be in there? You think Bama doesn't belong? A roll tide. You don't think Bama should be here? Look at what they just did to Jim Harbaugh. They did the Lord's work. I don't want to hear that. So because I don't want to hear that, I think I'm go blue right now. I think I'm a Michigan fan in this game. I didn't think there was anything that could get me to root for Michigan in a college football playoff scenario. This might be the one. And it's not anti-Alabama. It's anti the fact that we're going to have every Alabama person and every SEC homer come out and say, well, there you go. That's why Florida State's not there. That's why, you know, they didn't get shafted. They're not that good. <laughs> it's a lowly ACC. ACC sucks. And that's why they're not there. And look at Bama. I don't want to hear all of that. So, go Blue. Go Michigan. See, I'm, I, I'm all on board with the Crimson Tide and the coaching and this coaching staff and what they've done with this group. Considering where they were. Well, I don't look. Considering where they were to where they are. I don't need – I mean, Nick Saban's had enough titles. <laughs> That's fine. But, but Nick Let's Saban be was, was being enough. retired by this show in September. Nick Saban was uh, – uh, go off into the sunset and go be on college game day instead of coaching this team. I still think he should. <laughs> I think he's done uh, enough in coaching. Well, I mean, how many titles are enough at this point? Like, the, the guy's great. He did a good job with this team. But keep in mind also with Bama, it wasn't just the loss to Texas. They played at South Florida the next week and looked sure. awful. Yeah, and, and rotated Nora. quarterbacks, right? And then they didn't even play him. Yeah, and then they, they came back a completely different team. Look, my hat's off to Alabama. Uh, I, this is not me saying they're undeserving. I just think Florida State is more deserving. And the right thing to have done was to put them in and I think put Texas right behind them because they have the head to head with Alabama. But. Do I think Alabama could win the national title? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I may pick them to win the national title based on the group of four teams that, that are left. The team, the team that I, I just, want to win is Washington. I, I, I'm self-aware enough. That this is what gets me. I'm self-aware enough to know that what I think might happen or will happen based on NFL talent and coaching and everything else, while that's great and we love to talk about it and we all have opinions about sports and college football and makes it fun, that should not be the deciding factor. The deciding factor should be exactly what happened over the course of the season. And I think when you stack all of that up, there's no way Florida State should have been left out. I, I think it's a, a great storyline, though, that Michigan, you know, according to Harbaugh, has assembled the greatest team in the history of the Wolverines uh, football program. You know, 20-some-odd NFL player, uh, NFL caliber players on the roster, whatever. Yeah. And they're facing Bama, who benched their starting quarterback soon after the season kicked off, only to go back to him who uh, loses to Texas in the trenches, which is something that Michigan's trying to improve on and try to prove it in the SEC and against opponents in the college football playoff. I should also mention the Big 12 to give TCU some props, too, from last year. And now we get to see the matchup of the Rose Bowl where Saban's got his group back at the end of the year by beating Georgia, which was the mantra of Michigan in the offseason. They had a Georgia period in practice. Bama took care of that. And now they've got to go through the Crimson Tide and the GOAT, while Harbaugh is, you know, looked at as, you know, the pariah based on everything he's either doing or didn't know about, and what he's talking about, which is revenue share. He continues to preach that. I'm all for uh, with the players. He continues to harp on that, too. And that's another, that's another red flag for the NCAA. It's a reason why they don't like him. Uh, point being, it's rare that Bama will be looked at as the savior of all things NCAA and getting us through uh, through a, a, a period of, well, Jim Harbaugh 
claiming the national championship in a year where he was suspended for six games. And it's on Saban to do it. And I just think the storyline writes itself at the Rose Bowl where you have an opportunity for Saban to be the uh, the underdog, which is rare. And when he when they are, they capitalize on it like they did Saturday. Like they did Saturday against Georgia. They answered. And I don't know how you don't review that incomplete pass. Yeah, you got you to gotta at least but initiate the review properly. Aside from that, I mean, man, there was... They were on point, and they've been on point. Milrow's been quite the, the player as of late. You want to um, hear a, another great conspiracy theory that's in the, the chat right now? Yeah, absolutely. In terms of uh, the, everyone's desire to get Alabama a spot in there. Um, Jake writes in, I've not heard this one yet, and said that the committee kept Tennessee in the top 25 to give both Georgia and Alabama an extra top 25 win when they were trying to justify either one of them in the scenario that they needed one of the SEC teams in and that at eight and four, they're not worthy of a top 25 spot. The problem with that is they also left Clemson in at eight and four in the top 25, I think one spot behind Tennessee. Okay. So that also gives Florida state an extra road top 25 win. So I, I, I don't think they took it. And, and you know me, I'm not Mr. Committee today. I'm not sitting here singing their right. praises. I also don't think they went as far as to prop Tennessee up to number 21 in the college football playoff rankings in order to devise some scheme to give yeah. Alabama and Georgia one more top and 25. It, they yeah. don't have to explain it that that far down the, the, the list. Yeah. Uh, here's, of, 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 here's why Tennessee's in the top 25. Because three of their four losses are to top 10 college football playoff teams. And two of them were on the road. They got and one bad loss at Florida. All the committee's going to point out is the win over Georgia. Yeah. At the end. Well, Tennessee's in because they got a bunch of either bad to so-so wins, okay, at Kentucky, pretty good. And then they've just got the one bad loss. Then they lost to three teams they probably should have lost to that are top ten in the college football playoff rankings, the final one. So that, that's why. Not to get Alabama in. Now we get Washington and Texas as well. And uh, both programs – Underrated throughout the year. Uh, underrated from Texas on the road in Tuscaloosa. And then underrated after their loss to, to Oklahoma, where you've got Texas now getting better every single week. And then there's Washington, who's been in these tight window ball games, what, six or seven of them now. And they find a way every single week. And the depth of the Pac-12 compared to the ACC helps them the perception of the unbeaten. If Oregon, but if Oregon won that game, Chad, I think the Ducks are in the committee's eyes too. Oh, they were I, always, they yeah. were always. I mean, you could compare it to what they thought of what Vegas thought of Oregon going into that game, right? That's the that would be the perception of the Ducks winning against Washington. And again, it's not if you lose, it's how you lose. And I think, even in regards to Florida State, I think I, I truly believe the Louisville loss to Kentucky really hurt them. Really hurt it, them. It didn't help. I also think Oregon would have been in as the, the one-loss Pac-12 champ. I think everybody thought really highly of that conference in their last year as a conference. I think Washington, to me, is the, the closest facsimile to what TCU was a year ago. Yeah. A team that is gritty, easy to root for, finds ways to win. And being a nine-and-a-half, ten-point underdog in that Pac-12 championship game, that's the type of team that's going to find a way to make that a motivating factor and get it done again. Yes. 
And they were kind of limping into that game the way they had played uh, leading up to it. Goes to show you one of the things you love about sports, anything can happen. Now, just because Vegas or we think something's going to happen doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Another one is Alabama being a close to a touchdown underdog against Georgia and finding a way to get it done. And that didn't, I don't think, shock anyone that Alabama won that game. No. Um, it's just, to, you know what's crazy today, Hutton, it's not just the Florida State disappointment. Going for three straight national championships That's, and yeah. losing by a field goal and then talking about your Orange Bowl trip. And be- and being the number one team that lost playoffs. in the SEC title game. Just how quickly that went away yep. for Georgia. It's crazy to think about what we were talking about all year with them and how much better they got as the year went on. We are still talking about the top teams in the NFC, Philadelphia and San Francisco. There was a big winner, and it wasn't the Eagles. Ross Tucker helps with that next. Sixth and Peabody are located with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. And pleased to be joined by Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And you can follow him on social at Ross Tucker NFL. Ross, great to have you back on, man. Hope things are well. Yeah, of course. Always great to talk with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, and myfrontpagestory.com never disappoints. Uh, you've told Doing us. It. You've, you've told you know us what? this I for, brought, for many I years for great gifts. I brought it to show gifts. you guys real quick. Yeah, okay, I ever show it to you? No, yeah. let's see it. He's got it here. He's also got a great backdrop. Yeah, he does. Terrific. All the teams he's played for. Isn't that awesome? That's good. The this front... is for my wife's uh, grandmother. Everyone. So when we're from in Oma. Pennsylvania, they call her. She calls her Oma. Um, her, her grandparents Oma and Opa, but pretty cool. She went into a, a senior care community. And it was nice to have that hanging up in the in in her room at the senior care facility. So anyway, holidays are coming up. Most of you I know don't know what to get your wife for the holidays. Just go to myfrontpagestory.com. You talk to one of their writers, I don't know, 10 minutes while you're driving to work or driving home from work. Tell them how great your wife is. They write the most unbelievable story, framed, beautiful, looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. Your wife will cry as she realized that you had a story written about her and she sees the quotes like, I just don't thank her enough for all the little things she does for the kids. That's the that's the main one. Make sure you say that quote, fellas. Make sure you say that one right there, Jonathan. That's the key. Chad, uh, you are writing this down right now. You're currently on your uh, laptop, my yep. front page story. I'm going to make this happen. Got it. It's a great gift idea. It's uh, Ross. You know who needs you know who needs a myfrontpagestory.com written about them today? The special teams coordinator for the Titans. Oh, two block he, he, could, he could use like an uplifting, like happy story about, you know, <laughs> he still has people that love him and a great family and maybe not a job right now, but he gets paid for at least the rest of the year, I guess. Myfrontpagestory.com, by the way. The uh, ninth time that it has happened where he, since 1990, two block punts. By a team, well, and, special teams unit in the same game. Ross, you you know this uh, as a special teamer at one point in your career also. Um, you can be mediocre on special teams and just kind of get by and keep your job, I think. You can't lose the game for your team. And the Titans did enough offensively and defensively in that game to win the game. And special teams absolutely cost them the game with the two block punts, one return for a touchdown, the missed extra point, bad, bad day at the office for Craig Ackerman. It cost him his job. You know what's so funny about that? So, you know, I did um, a daily NFL show, radio, call-in show for like 10 years, 
Now, obviously, you guys referenced the Ross Tucker podcast. And now I do a bunch of stuff in the Philadelphia market. Literally nobody ever calls the station, the, the radio, to talk about the special teams. Yeah. Ever. Unless it's a disaster and it's the day after the game. Like, like in the offseason, you won't get one special teams call. And interestingly enough, even if the team wins and special teams are a major factor, they still won't call in and say, oh, our special teams are awesome. That was great. They really only call if the special teams are the reason why you lose the game. You're a thousand percent right. Are you buying the Green Bay Packers after back-to-back wins over Detroit and Kansas City, Ross? I'm buying them in terms of a playoff contender for this year and having a good chance to make the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I think I am. I mean, it's been pretty impressive. And you look at who Seattle, Seattle has to play the Niners this week, then the Eagles the week after that. The Vikings feel like they're kind of going the wrong direction. Now, I haven't sat down, fellas, and like really dove into every team's remaining five games. But right now, it kind of feels like stock up for the Packers and the Rams and stock down for the Vikings and the Seahawks. Yeah, the Packers remaining schedule, Chad, Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. That's oh, they're co- going. That's a 20. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize record. it was that e- they're going. Yeah. They're going to the playoffs. That's amazing. I think I left them for dead when they were three and six, maybe, or two and five, and thought, I remember thinking after one of those games earlier in the year, Jordan Love's not the guy. Like this guy, same. He doesn't have it. Packers fans are gonna finally have to see what it's like to not have a a, a legit starting quarterback. And last couple of games looks pretty darn good to me. And and they're so young. I mean, they're banged up on the offensive line. They got a couple of guys playing tackle that they probably didn't expect to play tackle. And then five receivers, three of them are rookies, two of them are second-year guys. Their tight ends are rookies. I mean, if I'm a Packers fan, I am juiced for next year, going into next year. So Tommy DeVito, uh, you know, looks, sounds, the name sounds like a character from The Sopranos. (laughs) Big Dom DeSandro. Definitely sounds like a character from the the Sopranos, and and acted like one on the sideline when he reached out and touched Dre Greenlaw and got himself kicked out. He also got the 49ers player uh, Greenlaw kicked out of the game. Also, I know Nick Sirianni apologized to, to Kyle Shanahan after the game. Do you expect additional discipline, Ross, with, with this situation with a staffer, security guy on the sideline reaching out and touching a player? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I think that the NFL is going to send a really strong message here because it's it's not it's, it's not equitable on multiple levels, right? So like evidently, the officials are not able to throw a flag on a guy like that, or at least the replay officials after the fact aren't allowed to. And then every team, which I, I tweeted guys right after it happened at Ross Tucker NFL that the Eagles needed their assistant equipment manager to get in a fight with Purdy as soon as possible, (laughs) the way that game was going. And that's the problem, right? Like, no one cares about guys getting ejected that don't have roles that impact inside the white lines if you can get a good player on the other team ejected. So they they have to send a loud message. My guess is, uh, I don't know if if there's a suspension, but at a minimum, the Eagles will be fined and – a memo. There'll be a strongly worded memo, yep. guys, reminding teams that, you know, only players are to be involved and maybe a coach to kind of break things up. But, you know, Dom, like, 
I know a lot about the Eagles. I'm around him a lot. He's kind of like the peacemaker when things are going on between players or whatever. Like that's kind of his role, right? Is to make sure the guys are protected. And he was the guy that stood there when uh, Hertz, when the FedEx field fence caved in a couple of years ago. The next year, he was the one standing there to make sure it didn't cave in on Hertz. (laughs) Amazing. And I realize the, the the award's going to a quarterback, but for MVP, is is this the year now more than ever, Ross, where it should be a non-quarterback, given what we've seen from Tyreek Hill, what we could see over the final stretch here, Christian McCaffrey. There are a couple of others that were are worthy of mentioning, but it's a jumbled group of quarterbacks, and I, Purdy, you're mentioning him, he's right there at the top yet again, despite, you know, a month and a half ago, the argument about, oh, he's not elite. No one's ever saying he's elite. All of a sudden, San Francisco has throttled Philadelphia and Dallas. Well, what's funny about that is a lot of people don't believe he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. So for him to be the MVP would be uh, pretty amusing from that perspective. I would have no problem with it, by the way. I think Purdy's really good. And I think there's two reasons why people don't, don't see that. Number one, his draft status. Right. Like, right. That's one of the things I hate about the NFL. And maybe it's because of personal experience, but your draft status stays with you like forever. I mean, do you guys remember even after the Patriots won that first Super Bowl, there was still like a healthy uh, amount of people in Boston that thought that the Patriots should go back to Bledsoe. I mean, think about that now in hindsight, because Bledsoe was number one pick, big arm, and Brady was the late round pick and they they got lucky and the, it was all the defense and blah, blah, blah. So draft that is number one. The other thing for Purdy, if you watch, right, there's nothing he does that wows you. It's like the week before the Eagles played Josh Allen. And guys, I'm telling you, when Josh Allen like puts his Superman cape on, nobody can play at that level. I mean, running, he was ridiculous running for like, like three or four third and tens, breaking tackles, making guys miss. He made some incredible throws. Some guy tweeted me at Ross Tucker NFL and said that he's like the perfect combination of Cam Newton and John Elway. And that's exactly what Josh Allen is. He did all the running of Cam, but when he throws, he looks like Elway. So when you watch Josh Allen, you can be like, wow, that guy's amazing. Purdy like just drops back, gets rid of the ball quickly on time to the open receiver in a good spot. They catch it. They run like, you're never like, wow, did you see that nine yard throw by Brock Purdy? (laughs) He's got some, he's got some Brady to him in that regard that people said for years, Brady was system. It was the system for Brady system. Look how open these guys are. Look at his O line. Well, meanwhile, guys look really open and the O line looks really good. When you throw the ball in two seconds, right when the receiver gets out of the break, right where the open guy is, right to where the ball needs to be. And that's kind of what Purdy's doing right now. I would have no problem with him as the MVP. I do think, though, to your point, if there ever was a year for a non-quarterback, it feels like this year, although Dak's playing really well also. But I like the two names you brought up in terms of Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill because I think there's an argument. Like, if you ask the Niners uh, who's the MVP of their offense, I'd be curious to see how many would say McCaffrey and how many would say Purdy. What'd you think about Joe Flacco's performance for the Browns yesterday? I thought it was embarrassing for the New York Jets. That's what I thought. I mean, he goes out there and throws over 250 yards. 
couple touchdowns. He's got the Browns in the game, even though their defense played terrible and let Puka Nakua go crazy on them. You know, the, the Browns are built on their defense. They didn't play well. Flacco came out and gave them a chance. And Flacco was way better in that game, guys, than Trevor Simeon, Tim Boyle, Zach Wilson have been in any games this year. And, and he wanted to play for the Jets. He lives in South Jersey. He told the Jets he wanted to play for the Jets. But they're like, nah, we don't need you. Nah, we're good. You can't tell me that the Jets wouldn't have won some of those games the last few weeks if they had Joe Flacco. It's really embarrassing. And there's other teams that are trotting out quarterbacks that aren't as – I mean, Bailey Zappi and these guys. I, I think it's strange that that these teams, you know, they don't want to just go with a guy that's going to help them have a better chance to win the game. Thought he played pretty darn well. I mean, he threw that pick late that he was upset about. Wasn't wasn't a good decision or throw. But other than that, he gave the Browns a chance, which in a higher-scoring game like that, you got to give him credit. What does all this tell you about Nathaniel Hackett? as offensive coordinator with the Jets and, and the combo of the one disastrous year with Denver and now what's happening with the Jets this year. Tells me it's real good to be <laughs> best friends with the starting quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I and, mean, and, and, and he's not going like anywhere not fire him. wants him, right? I mean, that, that's, yeah, the, that's they're not, the not going to fire him because Rodgers loves him and Rodgers wants him there and they're going to do whatever, like Rodgers is job security for Nathaniel Hackett. Now, in fairness to him, I don't know if the quarterbacks that the Jets have right now can really hack it. Get it? Love it. <laughs> you guys get it? Well played. Well played. I, yep, I love I firing it. in like a dad joke every once in a while just to make sure everybody's paying attention. Yep. But no, I mean, look, I don't think the Jets quarterbacks this year are good. So I don't know how much that I'm going to put on Hackett. But um, he's not exactly elevating their play. And I also think, you see what's happened in Denver, not a good look for Hackett. But to me, I put that more on the front office for not bringing in a guy like Flacco or someone that could give the Jets a legitimate chance to win, or at least you feel like could give the Jets a legitimate chance to score double digits. How about just score double digits? How about just a touchdown? Ross, in terms of the playoffs, I, I'm, I go based on, can this quarterback win in different ways over a four-game span, potentially? Um, is Jared Goff that guy? Can he do that? And I, I bring it up today because in the final minute of our conversation, I'm thinking of, well, they've had to come back against Chicago. They lose against Green Bay. And then they have to come back and survive uh, the comeback from, from New Orleans. What What's going on in Detroit? And is Jared Goff capable of taking them all the way? So I think that's a really good way to look at it that not a lot of people do, which is, can this team, can this quarterback win four of these games in a row against really good teams? Because even though these teams we like and this team's playing well, really, like, are, are they going to San Francisco and to Philly and winning back-to-back? -back? Really? Um, my guess for the Lions would be probably not. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not even putting on golf. Their defense has gotten a lot worse. I mean, yesterday they're up 21 nothing in that game, and the defense let them come back again. Their defense has struggled against the Packers, against the Bears. The, the Lions' defense has really dropped off over the last month or so, which has hurt them. Goff's at least gotten a team to a Super Bowl before. That's right. In the Rams, although big asterisk on that one from that Saints game um, with the the missed pass interference call against Nikel Roby Coleman. But 
I do think golf is capable of it. I think it's unlikely. I mean, I think they're clearly behind Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas. And with the possibility of having to win against two of them, maybe even three, I guess, but two of them on the road that I also think guys on some level, and we've seen this in the NFL playoffs, does it kind of feel like you got to walk before you run a little bit? Like when's the last time a team hadn't made the playoffs in forever and then they go win the Super Bowl. It just does, it's, it seems like it's a little bit more uh, methodical than that. You know, like the Chiefs, they had to lose the Patriots before they won they it. Climb the ladder a bit. Staircase. Yeah, you got to you got to like you got to get a, a couple steps up the first year, and then maybe the next year you can do. It. I think this is the first year for Detroit where they make the playoffs and maybe win a playoff game. Check out the Ross Tucker podcast, and you can follow him on social at Ross Tucker NFL. Also. MyFrontPageStory.com, best gift ever. Ross, thank you for the perspective, man. We'll catch up soon. Of course, anytime. I love talking with you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Same here. Ross Tucker, one of the best right there. Uh, Love having him on. Really good. uh, Throughout the football season. Coming up, college football overreaction. Uh, My guess is the college football playoff committee will be brought up in the matchups that they have put forward and the teams they've left out. That's next on the Hot Mile with Underwith Row across the Outkick Network. Sixth of Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Nice day here. Hope it is for you. Join Chad in the chat on YouTube. Chat's been fun today. Electric, some would say. Jake's got to be pumped. He's always in the chat talking Michigan. Yeah. Number one in the land. Well, he's excited that I mentioned that I may be rooting for Michigan now <laughs> in this playoff. It all comes full Let's circle. Talk about that. They go from the villain to all, you know what? Screw the NCAA. Screw the, the college football playoff committee. Yeah. Everyone's maze and blue. It's everyone against them. And it I would like to see like a cross section of America and rooting interest between Michigan and Alabama in this game. Because every other Michigan opponent, it felt like it was America versus Michigan. Yeah. But people hate Alabama too. You're, you're saying like without uh the, the point spread involved here. Yeah, people hate Alabama. No too. money on the line. And mainly because and of all interest. their success. What if Harbaugh's just like, you know what? I I figured it out. I figured it out weeks ago. We are America's team. And yes, in fact, we've all flipped. You, you've all flipped towards joining us in Ann Arbor. Uh, Jim Harbaugh opens his uh, press conference before this game and, and goes on a, a rant saying, you know, I heard what Jimbo Fisher said about Nick Saban and he, he know where the ba- bodies are buried yeah. and that, uh, you know, you got to look yourself in the mirror. And I too would like to double down on that and say that Nick Saban is an evil, evil man. Uh, I'm sure Jim Harbaugh is going to probably come up with something like that, which is ridiculous. Um, that, I, I'm, I'm curious though to see what, the rooting interest is of most of America in this game. So we get uh, Michigan and Bama in the Rose Bowl. That's the first game that will kick off uh, the college football playoff matchups, followed by Texas and Washington. And in Pasadena, we get the, the perfect setting at 5 o'clock Eastern. And then flip over and uh, go grab a drink or whatever and grab some dinner and come back and kick back and watch Washington try to make it all the way to the national championship game against Texas and the Pac-12s hope to leave on top the national title in a year where Washington's headed to the Big Ten. We got plenty of days now to no uh, to uh, hype up those games New and Year's, start talking about the matchups. New Year's six matchups uh, as well. We mentioned Florida State not in, everyone knows, and we've got the matchup against Georgia now in the Orange Bowl. Ohio State and Missouri, interesting. 
in the Cotton Bowl. And in the Fiesta, Liberty picks on Oregon. Eli Drinkwitz making the joke on ESPN yesterday about Connor Stallions calling him. Have you seen that? He's on the interview and he goes, sorry guys, oh. Connor Stallions is beeping in. I got to take this before he asked about the uh, matchup with Ohio State. Joking that he was going to get the signals for the Buckeyes in, in the game. Um, Eli Drinkwitz, he likes to stir it up. There's, there's no doubt about it. He's a, he's a guy who's a fan of that. See, uh, great you, season for Missouri. I mean, they're they're really yeah. really good, uh, deserving of a, of a top ten ranking. They've they've been terrific. And you, ch- Chad, you said Caleb Williams is uh, out of the the Holiday Bowl. Oh, I know everybody's gonna be shocked because you were fully expecting yeah. to Just, see Caleb Williams take on Louisville in the Holiday Bowl. But I hate to break the news to everyone. He is in fact going to opt out. This is about six weeks too late, according to Emmanuel Acho, <laughs> who wanted him to leave college. And not risk any injury uh, after after two losses. Basically, what Mike Norvell said in his statement, which was awesome, which I may read verbatim at some point, yeah. but said, "Should we just tell kids, uh, you know, a guy on your team that's important is hurt? Let's not play anymore. It doesn't matter if you win because that your quarterback's hurt. Uh, what, what's the message here? Should I tell guys to sit out? <laughs> you know, what what are we what are we doing? I I got kind of the same vibes with that decision yesterday. And Jordan Travis with a great. Well, the well. comeback is always just, well, win your games. You know, if you wanted to be in the playoff, don't lose to Boston College or don't lose to Louisville or whoever they would have lost to in this scenario. And with Florida State, you come back and say, not only did we win every game in the ACC, we beat LSU away from home. We won at Florida in a difficult environment. Well, in the, it's not the like schedule. they scheduled four patsies right. in, in the non-conference. They scheduled tough. Well, and, you know, this – this feels like to me, Chad, the college football, uh, excuse me, the college basketball tournament away, where you schedule early uh, against the out of conference, you schedule heavy, and it doesn't hurt you if you lose close, you know? Yeah. Like the Texas head to head against Bama didn't affect them because they, at the end of the season, they won against Georgia in the extra game in the SEC title game. Yeah. And it just so happens they're in the Southeastern Conference. Well, I mean, that two, factors in. two very different sports, too, obviously, in the sure. way you, you well, crown but, a champion and the way you play But in college football, every week is supposed to hold that weight. Yeah. And in the head-to-head, it didn't really even come down to that for Texas and Bama. Well, what did Dan Mullen say? I, I've been on two national, I have two national championship rings. Neither one of those teams finished undefeated. And his high school one, too. High school state championship didn't finish undefeated, so... Jason Witten, by the way, won. There should be some respect laid on someone going undefeated. Did you see that? Witten's football team in Texas, uh, undefeated and really? champion in his first year. Will he get a college job? No. Nice. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, that might be an overreaction. Uh, Davey Could Hudson be. has uh, some more to toss our way. It's time for college football's overreaction from the weekend. Guys, it was an eventful weekend and one which, I mean, you kind of asked for it last week. I was in the we same camp. We got the chaos. And I love it. And I'm interested. I, I think I might know where you guys are leading on some of these uh talking points sure. but to just get it started i mean the college football playoff committee got it right um they got it right I, I, i've been very vocal about this they got it wrong on the florida state part of it now if you want to argue you love these matchups okay i love them too yeah so i, 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 do. I don't again what's right they got it right from a tv perspective i guess if they're doing espn's bidding which i assume they are then they got it right but did they do the right thing absolutely not yeah the the committee got it right for the matchups that they didn't get it right in the four best teams. Georgia is one of the four best teams. The Georgia There's Bulldogs team that are that one of the yeah. four best teams. Um, so if you're doing that criteria, it's 
didn't get it right. If they are leaving out a conference champion of the Power Five that's unbeaten, did not get that right. But as far as just strong college football matchups that, to determine a national championship, and uh, did Alabama earn that spot? Did they deserve that spot? Sure, you can make the argument for them. Same for Texas, winning head-to-head against Bama and then progressing each week since their loss. Washington, yes. And, of course, with Michigan. But there are other teams that are also right there and deserving. Florida State, they have a line. But as just a football fan, I love it. I love the two matchups that we get in the semifinal to determine the championship matchup, which uh, will probably lead to Davey's next question. Uh, well, even before that, I, I would just say they got it right in the stance of getting the four most deserving and best teams whenever you factor that in. I look at Florida State. I get it. They tried to get out of the ACC. We're at least pondering ways in which they could do that. That's what held them back. They had the worst strength of schedule when you compare it to the other four conference champions. I look at it from the standpoint of Alabama beating Georgia, having that best win, catapulted them above. Texas also top three strength of schedule uh, when you're looking at it across the board. And, you know, it sucks that Jordan Travis got hurt. The committee didn't do a good job of explaining that, in my opinion. I I think they should have just said, based off their resume, they weren't one of the top four teams, and that's why. But Boo Corrigan did a terrible job. Well, Michigan strength of schedule is at 47. Yeah, and they're number one. They're down, yes. <laughs> and it's lower, but, I mean, they beat Ohio State. Right. You dominated Penn State. They've just dominated everybody. And the the problem, they if you want to take – They didn't dominate Penn State, but they beat them. What what was the final in that one? Well, didn't they win by 17 oh. points? I might be wrong They may on that. have pulled away late. I don't know. I don't think they dominated them. It was a fairly it was, close it game. It never felt in question. Yeah. They, they, they won the game. But, but – here's the bigger problem. And Chad, you were talking about it earlier about this being a metocracy. College football's never been like that. They've always had a terrible system. There's no parity. If you want the parity, the opportunity where fairness is in play, like just be a fan of the NFL. You look at it from a standpoint, you know exactly what you're going to get. All the subjectivity around how they're seeding, they're doing all this in college football, it never was going to be fair. And well, we finally got the chaos. Let's look at them in Alabama. Though. They played one common opponent, LSU. Yes. What happened? We're, we're, they both you, won. You, you conveniently leave out the LSU neutral site 21 point win by Florida State. So then, if the argument is, well, they're just not as good without Jordan Travis, I, I just, again, I stand against that whole idea. The fact that's in the bylaws, and people keep pointing this out, that's stupid. I, I think it should be about a paragraph, it should be more of a mission statement. And then you can work around that. I don't like all these, but hey, if there's an injury, we'll do this, and then we might do that. That's just creating a bunch of different loopholes and avenues for them to do what they want in the end, which in this case was create the best television product. I really think that's what they wanted to get to the whole time, and in doing so, they screwed over Florida State. And also, for all this talk about the ACC sucking, what happened on the field? They were 6-4 and four head-to-head with the SEC. 6-4. and four. Now, if they were, you know, 2-8, and eight, okay, then I, I could buy that. But 6-4. and four. Davey? The the metrics, whenever you're taking in strength of schedule, it hurt the ACC across the board. And I, I do believe that there's some saying uh, you're talking about. But I buy that if they scheduled four awful cupcakes, right? If that's the case and they won the ACC and the ACC schedules, they beat LSU. They scheduled them. They play Florida every year. Those are two tough non-conference games, both away from home. We have to factor that in also. And as Hutton said, they're right there with Michigan. So, 
and Michigan's the number one overall seed. And that's they, they go back to winning your conference championship and why that's important. The four teams that did get in won their conference championships, and if you're taking Alabama, Alabama's one loss, while it was not a, a good loss in how they played that game, is to another team that the committee viewed as one of the best in the country and ultimately won the Big 12. The other thing that goes into this is if you look at the New Year's Six teams that made it, of those 12 teams, 10 of those teams are going to be in the SEC or the Big 10 next year. The two outside, Florida State and Liberty. I do think as a whole, this will go to the argument of you know, they're just trying to create that best TV product. But Florida State's a brand that they're eventually going to be left behind. And I I throw this next question out because this is something that I'm jumping down a little bit, but the ACC will readjust revenue share to keep FSU happy after what happened today. I think yesterday. based on what you're saying, what they're going to do is Florida State's just going to jump to the SEC. Yeah, it's not going to matter at some point because I mean, I I hear that and I weep for college football and college sports because the ACC is not a conference anymore. Like, let's just let 32 teams join the Big Ten and 32 teams or whoever's left join the SEC and not worry about it if none of these teams ever have a chance. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Florida State's not a brand worthy of surviving uh, of all the teams that aren't. That's crazy. To yeah, me. Florida State's already saying they can't survive moving forward, even with adjusted revenue share. Yeah. Uh, and OK, so you, you adjust it to Florida State and Clemson. Uh, who else is in that mix? Do away with all conferences if this is where we're headed. Like, let's well, just go. I think the we NFL know where system. we're going um, whenever the, the new TV rights deal is is coming. Right. With the, the spread of all the different networks and the. The, the streaming services, that's, what, three years away. And the ACC Network's owned by ESPN. Sure, yeah. And soon the college football playoff will be owned by more than just ESPN. That's, that's the when hope. you have the super conference. That's the hope. Well, that's what you, I'm saying. You need, you need some competition. There's been discussion of that, though, where they want more of the NFL model with that. Yeah. Right, yeah. All right, guys. Then, oh, go go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, next up, uh, Nick Saban and Alabama will win the national championship. I do not think that's an overreaction. I think that... I could see that being a likely scenario. The way this team has played since that loss to Texas. I um I'm not I'm not picking yet, but Hutton, I think they've got a strong shot at winning this whole thing. Uh yes, I'm not I don't think it's an overreaction to select Bama based on what we've seen. I I'm sorry, I can't go against Michigan this year. They may they, be as much of a team of destiny as Washington. And it's, it has nothing to do with uh I mean Talking about clutch aspects of Washington, we see the tight window games. Michigan's team, the players just show up and win. They just they don't even have to really grind out victories. They're consistent from the start to finish. That's what stands out to me. Bama's been a second-half team. Washington's been a final three-minute team. They're in it. Uh, you know, Texas has been improving week to week, Chad, but I look at Michigan as the most consistent, and it's – that's why they're number one. I would say also and don't, no don't sleep on Texas. Oh, yeah, same. A that's, team that looked really good in their, don't sleep their on game against Alabama. That, yeah, I no, think that's uh, a, a point to it. Yeah, but I, I still point to Michigan as the, the most complete, uh, consistent team that I've seen of these four. All right, guys. Well, to the notion of Florida State being screwed over, if you want to uh, – I know we're running out of time. Go ahead. Florida State should float the idea of boycotting the Orange Bowl. 
I just don't think that does any good. It just makes Florida State fans feel yeah. like they did something. Wait, you need more money, but, really but you're giving accomplish. up $4 million? Screw you. Yeah, it doesn't accomplish anything. Um, except making fans feel good that they did something. That's right. We got them, guys. We got them. Yeah, we didn't we really the stuck it to them. Yeah. Watch Michigan win the title while we boycott the Orange Bowl. Clemson. <laughs>